I'm Marina LaFrosia. And I'm Monica Birch. And this is your new summer reading list. Where we take a look at your favorite. Or maybe your least favorite. Required reading books. Today, we're going to take a look at Murder on the Orient Express. Ooh, I said today like a kindergarten teacher. (laughs) Well, I think it still works. It does. I think it works. Okay. Hello, class. So... Today, we're going to be talking about Murder on the Orient Express, like Monica said, by Agatha Christie, mm-hmm. a real legend mm-hmm. of mystery novels, of women novelists in general. So, yeah, I guess we'll just dive right in. Shout out to her liking our tweet <laughs> and following our Twitter. Well, yeah, like her estate, yeah, which I guess estate. who runs her account. But her that's official pretty, Twitter is what I meant. That means we're pretty famous We've in made the it. literature world on we're here. hashtag book Twitter, hashtag book instagram i don't know bookstagram i don't know we're one of you so like always we'll probably start not probably we're going to start with our history with the book whether we've read it whether we've not read it i feel like i start a lot so marina why don't you start okay so my past experience with the book is none Mm. so i haven't read this one um so this is my first time reading it i did read agatha christie novels in like middle school i read and then there were none which was one of like my favorite books of all time that's hers yes oh my gosh we've been talking about this book for a month now yeah didn't realize it was also her so i think i read it in the seventh grade i have like a vivid memory of reading it in like seventh grade science class for some reason but science yeah like you know when you would just like read for fun oh, I when you saying. like weren't I thought you meant work. like it was required in science no, and I was not make any sense but <laughs> uh yeah so I but do remember reading one. it in like 7th grade and that was like when it was like you know big twilight days so like I must have really enjoyed it if I read <laughs> it over reading twilight <laughs> but yeah so I read some of her other novels um but I've never read this one and I know this is like one of the like biggest ones one mm-hmm. of the most popular but yeah, so I hadn't read this one, um, so this was a brand new experience for me, and I'm pretty excited to talk about it now. So I also have never read Murder on the Orient Express. I've Is this seen... the first time that we've both not read the novel before? Maybe. Because I read Frankenstein. <gasps> yes. You read 1984. Yes. And you read The Giver. Yes. So yes. <gasps> new experience for us. I didn't even realize that. I didn't either till right now. I had seen the movie, mm-hmm. so that kind of helped with the reading of it, because it would be like, there's a bajillion characters, yes. but I knew all the characters going into it. Um, so yeah, and we'll talk about the movie a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't even realize this was a required reading book um, until we did research on like what books uh, students have to read in school, and like this was one of them. Yeah, it's weird too, because I guess I never was required to read it. And for some reason, I feel like in middle school, because like, so my younger brothers also had the same experience mm-hmm. where they both read Agatha Christie books in middle school. So I don't know what it is about middle school that makes everybody <laughs> want to read Agatha Christie. Um, but the story I guess everybody might just catch does. people's attention. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I was never required to read it. Like I read it for fun, which seems mm-hmm. weird as like, I don't know. A but not this one, and... a different one. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But yeah. I have seen it. Like, like you said, we've done a little research to see if it's on any required reading list. Mm-hmm. And it, and is, it so. is. And I actually, this is my first mystery novel too. So that was pretty cool. Um, I have been meaning to read Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code. But I have not gotten to it, like the other hundred books on my list. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our history. Um, 
as always, then we'll move on to how we felt now. So what do you think? Okay, so I did really enjoy it. Um, I have read, like like I said, a few mystery novels. Um, not just Agatha Christie, but just like a handful. Um, I would say that like, I guess trying to compare like reading a mystery novel to like other mystery media. Um, whereas like, I guess most of my experience would be like on television or in movies. It's like really interesting to me that like, especially I realized um, after reading this since I've read other Agatha Christie novels, it's really interesting that you can't like, like yourself, like you would never be able to figure out the mystery. Yeah. Which I think is an appeal of like mystery novels Mm -hmm. versus like mysteries and other types of media. But it's just like something that you would, you actually like physically could never figure out because you're not that character who's like, well, I'm just guessing. And then my guess was correct. There's like, no, <laughs> I feel like some have to have like some clues where you can kind of pick up on it. Yeah. Maybe so there's like good. things that you're like, you could pick up on a little and be like, yeah. you think you're in the know, but you're not like, mm-hmm. you never know until the reveal. And I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I like, I feel like a lot of people would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, especially in this novel, like that's something that I guess I would have just, never assumed because there's a lot of assumptions that he has to make to get to that correct answer yeah a lot so which i'm sure we'll go into but overall i really enjoyed it and i thought it was like a fun experience Mm -hmm. um like the suspense and stuff and i'm sure we'll pick apart other things later but overall i did enjoy it yeah i would say i actually really enjoyed it too um it wasn't like a current mystery novel like Gone Girl or something oh, where yeah. there's like intense suspense and all this crazy <laughs> or stuff. Or like, it's definitely um, what was that one that was popular a few years ago? The one with the train. The girl, the girl on, on the train. train. Girl on the train. That was or the girl book. on the train. Either no. by or without. But yeah, it's it's definitely like, you can tell this was written a long time ago. Almost like if you watch a comedy from the 70s and then you yeah. watch a comedy now and like, these are different. They're both comedies, but they're different. So yeah, it was really good. Um that was just a little side note I noticed. <laughs> and yeah, I was happy this was my first mystery novel and I'm gonna move on to other ones. Um, yeah, this one never ever popped up at all in my required reading. Even like when we had to do um, the like not required but kind of required reading where they were like, just pick any book. Mm-hmm. Those, it wasn't even an option, so. Oh, okay. But anyways, yeah, I really like this book and I'm excited to dive into it because Agatha Christie is pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm interested is. now to read more of her and Hercules work we're having a really fun time trying to pronounce his name perot i'm just gonna say cool see i could say it before we started and now i'm like hercule hercule perot in the movie they joke that it looks like hercules and i appreciate that's how i read it in my head the whole time hercules peridot (laughs) hercules peridot that's amazing no so all right (laughs) we'll do what we always do and jump into a little background knowledge on the author so some of the information i have and what i researched is more based on how she got to writing murder on the Orient express i don't know if you have more of her history or what did you find um well i was gonna more talk about like what um her like estate and stuff is doing now with like um, okay read christie so then i'll go first yeah so i did find some stuff about her and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe part of the reason we have these stories is because her first husband Mm -hmm. traveled a lot I want to say he was in the military. You can look him up. She can correct me. But I know she traveled a lot. And that's where these stories came from and why she knew so much about these locations and why she wrote about them. Because she writes a lot about um, her life, which you'll see with this book. Like, she pretty much writes 
exactly what's happening to her. Um, for example, Murder on the Orient Express, if you read it, it's very obviously based on the Lindbergh case. Um, and if you don't know that, that's a very famous, like, not a cold case because they did eventually find the killer, but a very famous uh, kidnapping slash murder mm-hmm. case of a famous pilot's daughter where they paid the ransom and then they still found, they never, I think it took them a long time to find the kid in the real story. Mm-hmm. They found, like, his remains in the backyard. Very spooky. Yeah. Or not the backyard, but, like, the woods near them. Um, in the book, there is a kid that goes missing, mm-hmm. kidnapped by from a famous pilot, but in the book, it's named Armstrong. Yes. And she even said it influenced her, and it came out two years after the case, the book did. Um, on top of that, she had a neighbor who was a retired Belgian police officer. So that's the reason why Perot mm-hmm. exists. So she bases mm-hmm. a lot on her life. Okay. <coughs> so it seems like her second husband is the one who mm. was the archaeologist where she went and yes, traveled an archaeologist. But the first say. husband is where she got the um, last name Christie from. Okay. So. Thank you. Good thing we have Google. Yes. <laughs> so you were going to talk about what her estate is currently doing. Yes. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about, which I thought was really interesting, was I guess it's whoever runs her accounts now, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming it would be her estate and people who are related or have but been put in or charge Or hired of. by the yeah. people who are related to her. So on all of her accounts and on the website, um, agathachristie.com, um, she has this thing, which I didn't know that was something that they did until when I was looking up stuff for this book but apparently I guess it's been going on for like a few years now um where it's like a read Christie like challenge and then there's a little thing you can print out if you like go onto her website and sign up like with your email you'll get like a little thing in your email just saying like here's like the list of challenges and then it's like oh read one of the mystery novels mm-hmm. that takes place on transportation so like that's this book like yeah and you on the orient express. retweeted that on our twitter yeah that's what they liked yes and so that will cross off that for mm-hmm. us i'll maybe try and do it throughout the year yeah i'll probably read a lot other of times ones. but <laughs> also not a lot of time when we're but i'll reading try my best because <laughs> i'm pretty interested in trying to check off the list because it's pretty fun like they have like a whole yeah. bunch of little like different things like a story set in a grand house and like she has so many novels mm-hmm. that you can pick and choose like there's many things that work for all of these so there's, it's not just like yeah. one i was gonna say there's probably others we could have crossed off with this one yeah for sure and so i don't know it's just really fun that's something that they do and then so obviously the new one is read christie 2021 mm-hmm. and so i guess there is you know enough time for us to kind of go through and see if we can complete the challenge ourselves yeah, or sure. any of our listeners i mean we are going to read another one of her books this year yes which one is so, it oh you um, said it and then there were none and then there were none so look, look out, out for that that. <laughs> that reminds me though um we did tell you last week we were going to be posting and we didn't Ooh, right so what happened to us it's a mystery and we're here to solve this mystery like right Scooby-Doo. Now. Oh, you could have worn your Scooby-Doo oh, okay. jacket. Well, wasn't the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, life got in the way. People get busy. School we get busy. Work. Yeah, school, school and work. work. You know, it's just life. But here we are. It's only seven days later, so I'm sure you guys Not are... Not even. Hanging like on by a thread days. trying to figure out where we went. But I know. <laughs> Our readers, uh, our listeners. Why do I say our, readers? <laughs> our readers. Jesus. It's okay. They'll understand. They but will. yeah, 
so that's where we are um we'll try and give more updates if we ever like disappear Mm -hmm. for a little bit again but we're back but it's part of the mystery that's the important part Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, anyways, if you haven't checked it out, you should go to agathachristie.com and look at the Re Christie 2021 like list. Um, you know, put in your email, get a little email, print out your own chart of what do you want to do for this year. Force yourself to read. Yes, and this is like a great. She's a great author to like get into reading mm-hmm. again. If you're one of those people that's like, wow, I used to love reading and now I don't read anymore. Her novels are like, I don't know, like I don't know, they're really. Like you can't put them down once yeah. you start them. You I know, think like I it'll read this keep one you in a day. Yeah, like it'll keep you reading. It's not like none of them are super crazy long. Mm-hmm. Like what was this one? Like two hundred and yeah. like thirty pages. And the text was big. Yeah, so you <laughs> can get that. through it. It's like a good way to jump back into novels, and like mystery will always keep you on the edge. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like you can never guess what's gonna happen at the end. They're gonna blow you away. So yeah, she's especially good at that. So yes exciting as you can tell we love agatha christie yes um seems to be a trend of loving some of the female authors as last week we couldn't stop talking about lois lowry yes and i also love mary shelley so yes george was pretty cool although i can't remember his life story so (laughs) don't put merit to what i just said but as always um i've said that like four times now but we will move (laughs) on to explaining the plot to you guys before we explain some of our thoughts and feelings and symbols just so you get a small background in case you didn't understand from what you read or if you didn't read if you didn't read pause go read the spark notes (laughs) or i guess you can listen because i wrote pretty a plus notes yeah Um, so we're just gonna go through the plot essentially and then as we go through we'll you know comment on anything we want to comment on and Mm -hmm. then wrap up our comments afterwards and add any additional thoughts if we have additional thoughts as always yes I'm gonna say that 20 times. That's okay. They'll know it's as always. We should create a bingo game. Me saying <laughs> as always, you saying last week. Actually, you just said it a second ago, I, I think. I did? Instead of last Holy. month. Holy. But anyways, so. Someone's as always. <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and talk about the plot. So, and this one we really had to think about because it's a lot. It's very mm-hmm. packed in. Um, but basically, the book starts with like setting up that Perot. I'm gonna mm-hmm. look at you Perot. every time I say it, sorry. Perot. I'm just gonna be confident. Perot. The book starts with showing you that Perot can just solve any odd crime. Um, it really shows his ability to do so. And then he's in he's not in Istanbul. I think they make a stop no, he, in Istanbul. He's no, in Istanbul. He was in Istanbul. He's in Istanbul. Yeah, they get stopped in Yugoslavia. Okay, thank you. And he gets a call that he has to return to London for a case he already kinda guessed the result of and i it made it seem like they kind of like ignored what he said but now they're listening to him so he has to be rushed back to london and rushed and put on just any place they could find on the orient express yes um i don't know if you want to get the next point oh yeah sure okay so um okay so he originally goes to like a hotel Mm -hmm. and he's planning to stay there for a few days before he like travels back then he gets like that um notice that he needs yes, to be in london like right away mm-hmm. and so that's when he's like okay well let me just get on the next train and it's winter time right hence the snow on our table for the viewers yes listeners <laughs> there's snow on our table um yeah so he's like okay like goes up to the little desk and then's like okay get me on the next train like get me my train car like everything's mm-hmm. gonna be fine and so then he's like oh yeah it's like 
there's a lot of people on here. Like we can, yeah. got to make sure we can find you a train car. Yeah. And then there was actually no room for him at all. Yes. And then he was saying that that one guy didn't show up, right? Yes. A passenger didn't show up. So his friend who runs the train yes. said, well, since it's like 30 minutes or so before the train starts, that guy loses his right to the passenger car mm-hmm. or his little bed and Perot gets it. So yes. he is now on the Orient Express. Yep. So he gets Ooh. in and like, this is m- <clears throat> very unusual for the train to be so yeah, packed usually be like two at that something. time of day specifically. Uh-huh. And then like that time of year. And, and that they, it's full of like very different people. Yeah, so I was just about very to say diverse. they make a point to comment on like it was more diverse than you would expect to see. Like mm-hmm. a lot of different people from around the world. Yes. So very interesting. So one of the passengers, um, he is called Ratchet. If you watch the movie, it's Johnny Depp, just so you <laughs> can follow along movie watchers. Um, me to myself. But he is sort of this rough American guy. Mm-hmm. And he admits to Perot that he is in danger and wants a detective's help of solving who is sending him threats. Right. Perot and this is while it. they're at the hotel before they yes. get into the train car. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of eating dinner. Yes. Just introducing a character, really. And Perot pretty much says, I don't like your face. Yes. That was the funniest <clears throat> thing to me. I actually highlighted that because I wanted to talk about like, it. I because don't like your face. Someone else actually says that later. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, they all felt the same. They all hated his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason we're mentioning him is because on night two, he is found, well, he's murdered and he's found in the morning. Mm-hmm. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So there's the mystery is who killed Ratchet? Yes. So indeed. Um, as we mentioned, I think we mentioned it, or it's kind of obvious. Oh, we did. The train car's packed, and we get to meet a lot of the passengers. Yes. Something interesting is, there are a bunch of other passengers, but they're Mm -hmm. in other, like, these things that I need to verbally say Uh, to the the listeners. We have the train. Okay, so we're not good on train terminology, but the train cars (laughs) are all the separate sections. So, like, the lower class ones (laughs) are ignored, because they're like, it couldn't have been Like, ignored completely. Because their doors are locked, they were locked in their rooms. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a little odd. Yeah, so, like, like, it all takes place in, like, two, like, the upper two train cars. first and second class. Yes. And then, like, the dining hall, and but for those two. Um, So, there are other people on the train, but just as a side note, I thought that was interesting, because in the movie, like, there weren't any other people on the train. Oh, but I guess that was just for ease. Um, I hate that I have a cough, and I apologize to everyone. I can just like feel I'm gonna cough multiple <laughs> times throughout this. That's okay. Um, so basically, we made a list for our sanity and your sanity of <laughs> who the characters are. So if you would like to say the first one while I cough. Okay. <coughs> um, so his name was like Michelle. Michelle. That's his last Michelle. name. Um, he was one of the. I can't say wagon Lee. Well, they used another a conductor. term for them. Yes, the conductor. conductor. The, oh, the conductor. Um, well, there's three of them, yeah. right? And he's like, the, he's main, the one. main one who they like talk he's to. He's the one for so. the first class but, car. Yeah, so there's like three of those guys. Well, I guess um, we should, I should premise, or premise this. I should say this first is we're telling you all of these people's backstories because this is their alibis. So right. Perot interviews them to see who murdered Ratchet and this is what all of their answers are. Yeah, so we'll just kind of go through. What we're going to do is, so after Ratchet is discovered, Mm -hmm. um, Perot sits down with every single one of these passengers, 
um, and then asks them, like, what were you doing last night? Like, you know, what's your alibi? Yeah, explain your relation if you knew him, whatever. So then that's when we kind of get introduced to every character. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of seen them and given, like, little introductions, like, oh, that person looks ugly. And I just remember that because he's talking specifically about um mrs hubbard. the woman yes. yeah he hubbard. very doesn't he doesn't like toad faced like, they use no, that that's adjective the, that's the princess oh that's who i was talking about mm-hmm. not hubbard yes the princess the russian princess hubbard is pretty she's just obnoxious yeah she's the american lady mm-hmm. okay but anyways um so he he's given little descriptions issue, about them uh but we haven't really met them so this <laughs> is when we meet them is during the alibis okay so we did have um michelle and he was uh, one of the conductors who's like tending to all the passengers mm-hmm. and so he's saying that he like sat in his little seat where he's supposed to sit when he's waiting to see if anybody rings their bell um, while he's working and so he's there the whole night except for like about one to two when he was talking to one of the other conductors yeah and he's only called back when he hears a bunch of ringing like because they yeah. ring the bells for his attention so he's you know mm. rushes over whenever there's a bell ring so the next character is mcqueen he is I want to say kind of like an assistant to Ratchet. Yeah, he used this term receptionist. Receptionist. Or secretary, secretary. Yeah, so he helps him with a lot of his work. Um, But his alibi was he was drinking with Colonel Abernathy until like 2 a.m. So he had an alibi with that. Yes. And then we have, I'll just go ahead and say the next one because I started talking. We have the valet to ratchet which is edward henry masterman (laughs) um he was awake pretty much the whole night with a toothache which gave an accidental alibi to his coachmate the italian man right now i'm gonna sneeze (laughs) bless you i hope you guys love allergy season as much as i do (laughs) okay but when you were reading or like when he was describing the toothache did it make your teeth hurt because i feel like made my teeth hurt no (laughs) but i can see why it did because that's a very thing Yes, when he was like, oh, I was moaning all night long. I felt like he was, I was like, being whiny. I was scared for but my yeah, teeth. <laughs> so he kind of gave the Italian man an alibi, as I mentioned. So the yes. next one, if you'd like to say. Okay, so Miss Hubbard, who is the American woman who is, like Monica said, very obnoxious mm-hmm. seeming. She's very, um, I don't know, full of life. Like she wants to just keep talking. Yes loud and so yes loud obnoxious kind the of the only character in the audiobook that um, talked fast and then so she gives the swedish woman who i don't know how to say her name she has a first Osh- name greta greta <laughs> it's her first name so we're gonna call her greta because <laughs> i would like to not offend if i haven't like looked up yeah the name but um so the swedish woman uh she gave her some aspirin and then Miss Hubbard also claims to have seen a man in her room, mm-hmm. like, last night. And so she comes forward, like, right away when there's, like, the murder has been announced. And she wants to talk to authority immediately. Like, and oh, my God, I saw a man. Her. He was there. I need to tell somebody. Somebody help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's her. And then we have Greta. Yes. Would you like to go into Greta? Um, okay, so she's the woman who was the Swedish woman who got aspirin from Miss Hubbard. Um, she cried a lot. Yes, she does cry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's kind of just like freaking out the whole time she is, like that's yes. her shtick is that she's just panicking, panicking. and then miss hubbard's like oh yeah i know miss hubbard's like oh don't worry like nobody's mad at you all this stuff mm-hmm. honestly before like the ending i kind of really liked them like together yeah i was like oh that's so nice that she's like reassuring her i'm still okay with them at the ending honestly i mean yeah same but i mean like we know that yes it's like fake but yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways <laughs> Um, shall we continue? Yeah, so, well, we didn't say, also, Greta was apparently the last one to see Ratchet alive, because when she oh, was going yes. to get the aspirin, she actually she walked opened into the Ratchet's wrong train room. car. Yes. yes. And he said something suggestive to her, but they never say what it was. Yeah, they just, in this novel, they mentioned so much blushing. Yes. Like, anytime somebody says anything, it's like, wow, she was blushing. Or she was blushed. She was flushed. <laughs> um, and I believe she also slept in the same room as Mary. Mm-hmm. So Mary, um, she is Mary's alibi, which we will get to. Yes. So the next one is Hildegard Schmidt. Um, she is the lady's maid to the Russian princess. And she actually got a drink from the conductor for the princess when the princess was going to bed. Um, But we find out it was not the conductor, Michelle. So who was it? (laughs) Who was this person? Very sketchy. (laughs) So would you like to say the next one? Okay. So I won't be able to say this correctly, but so we have the Italian man who his first name is Antonio, and then Foschinelli, something like that, but Antonio, the Italian man. He's like an Italian-American, we should also point yes. out. Like, he's in America, but an yeah. Italian immigrant. Mm-hmm. He's an Italian immigrant. And so the way that they refer to him a lot um, is, is just the Italian, uh, because he's the only one there. This was a time of not kindness to Italians. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so he was like sleeping all night um the valet like you know vouches for him because they like share a room mm-hmm. and so he was um saying that was the guy with the toothache and so yeah. they can they have their the alibi. guy with the toothache yeah. was awake and so he, he was he saying was anytime i woke up i just heard him moaning and then mm-hmm. i like went back to sleep yeah so they give each other an alibi mm-hmm. um so a miss uh how do you Cyrus. say his name book the guy i've been saying boku i don't know i think it's i think it's french I, it is but like book it's not book but it's not boku there's no o at the end the movie bok not bok we obviously can't pronounce european last names i feel like when i heard in the audiobook it was closer to book okay but it had like more of a flair than that so it's not book maybe that's why it's but yeah anyways book. if Boke? somebody really wants to come for us or if i don't know i'm like about I get to the christy the people listen to this i'm so sorry <laughs> but um we knew it literally two minutes before the filming started i want you to know. <laughs> so book who has been with perot uh he suspects um antonio's only because he is italian mm-hmm. like and very much wants to interview him yes and it's like it must be the italian guy it must be him mm-hmm. because we didn't mention this yet but ratchet when he was found he was found dead from stab wounds mm-hmm. like, like many stab wounds 
And so Book was like, yeah, it has to be the Italian, you know, mm-hmm. the passion stabbing. That's like their weapon of choice because when you're Italian, Italian, yeah, you stab people. And you're used to murder, <laughs> according to this man. Any other nationality? Like, what is your preferred method of murder? I'm not sure. But for Italians, apparently it's stabbing. It is. I can confirm. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, then we have Cyrus Hardman. This guy would always, like, disappear in my mind, like... Don't ask me why. But basically, he is an American detective that was hired by Ratchet Mm -hmm. to watch out for him. So he was sitting in his room, staring at the hallway. So he kind of gave almost everyone an alibi because he was like, I didn't see anyone walking around at all, um, except like exactly what other people have said with the conductor going in Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. That's basically his. Um, And then we have the Count and Countess Andretti. Yes. Um, they I, are Hungarian, yes? Maybe, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we really do know all this stuff beforehand. It's just like during we're like, maybe. I mean, there's just, there's 12 characters and that's yes. like 12 more characters than we've had in any of the past novels we've done already. I don't think they had a full alibi except like they were in their room and they're not to be disturbed. So Yeah, like, and they kind of just speak for each other. Yeah. I mean, she barely speaks. She's yeah. just like... I know, yeah, because at first um, they want to speak to her, and he's like, you don't need to speak to my wife. Yeah, very aggressive. And then they're like, but could we? And then would you like to mention the next lady? Because she makes you sad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Princess Dragon... I say Dragomov. Dragomov? Yeah. Okay, yes. So she's a Russian princess. Mm -hmm. An Um, older lady, not to be confused with a young princess. Yeah, so we kind of have a connotation, I guess, in English that princess is like a young person, but that's not necessarily true um, because of like just actually how royalty works. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would make sense that she's still a princess when she's old. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's an older woman, and they describe her very rudely in the novel and they call her toad-faced many times like not just once to describe what she looks like 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 several times she's described as Mm toad-faced which it did make me feel sad for her because i felt like she was mostly fine she was fine i mean like she's a rich royalty person so like like, to the point like i didn't feel like anything was rude it was just like yeah cut and dry um but kind of as we mentioned a little earlier her lady's maid helped Mm -hmm. her fall asleep so yes. she saw that she wasn't a part of the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our last two, we also on, kind of already gave their alibi with Colonel Abernathy. Mm-hmm. Um, but see how funny Abernathy sounds? And it's not spelled like that. But like I'm 99.99% sure it's that I because of the movie. I didn't remember that it was spelled like that. Um, <laughs> because in my head. So I had gone through and read the novel first. And then like this past week, I listened to part of like the audiobook. So I guess like in my head, I was thinking it was spelled completely different than when I read it. <laughs> but I mean, same thing with Colonel. That's not spelled how it sounds. <laughs> but this is only because, again, I watched the movies before. So I was reading it like, oh, I know who this person is. Um, but as you mentioned, he was drinking with McQueen till like 2 a.m. Uh, they both told the same story. Mm-hmm. And then same with Mary um, the governess, she was in the same car as Greta, the woman who cries and needs aspirin. And Greta made it very clear she's a light sleeper. And if anyone had woken up, she would have mm-hmm. felt it. So basically, they all have airtight alibis, yep. which throws um, Perot off. He doesn't like that. It feels yeah. too odd, like too clean. Um, there's another theory that someone broke in because Ratchet's window was open, broke in, and left. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of made clear very quick that that's just not the case because yeah. 
It's the dead of winter he and the train is stuck. What is that stuff called? I should know. But he blows that like powder stuff to see if there's any fingerprints yeah. left behind, and there was not. So he knows it was somebody who was smart and like cleaned up all the fingerprints mm-hmm. because even if like it would have just been like um, Ratchet's fingerprints or something from like touching the window, those are all gone. Like there's no fingerprints at mm-hmm. all. So he knows it's somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think also we didn't talk about... But that about... and they're just like trapped in a snowstorm. And they think they would have seen the footprints or the person wouldn't have made it right. very far. We so haven't talked like... about that they've gotten stopped in a snowstorm yet. Yeah, we didn't make that clear. I mean, I mean, not every detail has to be known. But as you can tell, viewers, by our setup, there is a snowstorm and a train stuck in the snowstorm. And that happens close to the same time that Ratchet is considered to be murdered. Mm-hmm. So. so it's, like, during the night when the train stops mm-hmm. because of, like, unpredicted weather, snow. They're snowed in, pretty much, but in a train. Um, and this is in Yugoslavia, where they are yeah. stopped. And that's partly why Perot has been tasked with solving this crime, is because they know it's just going to take so much more time when they arrive at their next destination and the police do their whole investigation, where instead Pro could figure it out in the interim and just be like, here you go, here's the killer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why all this is happening with Perot. Um, so, basically, that's our 12 people's alibis. Well, 13. We didn't talk about the doctor. Well, we these were the him. people that were um Yeah, but should we, like, interview Because he's with Perot while they're all yeah, being interviewed. Yeah, basically, the book, <laughs> guy and the doctor are both with uh, Perot the whole time. He's being interviewed. Neither of them are ever suspected. Um they're just there giving information and helping him decide that's basically it yes and the doctor is the one who does the autopsy so mm-hmm. he gives like important details so like of like of one how one stab yeah is different than the other some are stronger some are weak some the person had their eyes closed which is why at first they really lean into the there were two murderers or mm-hmm. there was somebody was who murdered man? him and then the next person came in and didn't know he was murdered and then tried to murder which him that one felt so stupid <laughs> But. Like, you would know, I feel like, I mean, I've never stabbed a body before, but I feel like you would know if you were stabbing a dead body versus, like, a living person. I think in their mind, they were thinking, oh, well, the woman was irrational and ran in and yeah. just, like, stabbed and left. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yeah, so their first theory was, like, oh, it was a man, and then there was a woman afterwards because these are, like, weaker stabs. And they weren't working together? I'm surprised they wouldn't guess working together, but, like, yeah. one of the theories was, but, like, the really one they were sticking to was, like, no, two random murderers. Yeah. Um, and so they have to figure out why, you know, he's being targeted and mm-hmm. who is he that people want to kill him. And they discovered through one of the... He's sent letters mm-hmm. of, like, threats, threatening letters, and Perot uncovers one of them, and you discover he is actually named Cassetti, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, this book is based on the Lindbergh story, but it's mm-hmm. called The Armstrong Case. The Lindbergh Baby. The Lindbergh Baby. Which I'm sure many people have heard that phrase yeah. before. <laughs> um, but this story is The Armstrong Case, and it's mm-hmm. Cassetti who is the murderer. So Cassetti kidnapped a famous and famous pilot's baby um, and killed her because he thought he was going to get caught. Like, that was his their method of, like... If they thought people were onto them, they would kill the body and leave. So that's Wait, why. The family wasn't the 
like mother famous for acting so the mother of the daughter wasn't famous linda arden the mother of the mother so the grandmother oh okay the, the grandmother the, the grandmother. maternal grandmother yes. is a famous okay. actress linda arden so it's a very and famous family yes that's where that with a lot of connections, connections comes in and yeah. this is, <laughs> okay. um this was actually mentioned in the princess's alibi is that she was in fact godmother to sonia armstrong which is right. the mother of daisy and daisy's the baby yes. that was taken okay um, and then the father was the pilot and yeah yes okay. so but yeah so that's where they realize okay so this is connected to the i was about to say Lindbergh. this was connected <laughs> to the armstrong case yes um because of the threatening letter and then things start to unravel perot does a lot of investigating yes finds holes in their theories we don't really need to go into those holes i don't think because it's just i so would say many. the only thing we need to mention is that consistently in the stories they have told of a woman who they've seen yes. in a red kimono mm-hmm. who nobody can figure out who that is because after they've gone through all the alibis, Perot is like, I don't know who that is. And he even asks each of the women like what, what their, color their night yeah. their nightgown is. And or a like, conductor. Yes. No one's seen. Um, yeah, so there was another conductor on board and that conductor had like dropped a button in um, mm-hmm. Hubbard's, Hubbard's room. room. And so they had found that, and that was part of their evidence. And that so they were wondering room. who this conductor was, because it was none of the conductors that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the random woman in the kimono, they don't know who she is, or where she came from, or where the kimono is. And then eventually, Perot actually finds the kimono like on his luggage later, when he goes back to his little cart and sees that it's mm-hmm. there. So he knows that somebody's placed it there like on purpose. And you know his assumption is that it's not somebody random who's come on the train because like we said like the window that was like broken to make it seem like oh somebody came in and escaped Mm -hmm. um it was impossible because they would have seen the prints in the snow there would have been fingerprints there would have been something not to indicate yes so in the middle of nowhere it's not like he knows it's someone on board and he knows that you know, they're it's kind of, the of first they're two classes. messing with him at this point with yeah. the kimono. <laughs> and they just, for the record, they hid the conductor's outfit in the ladies' maid's room because mm-hmm. she was the one who spotted him. Yes. So there you go. So we have like those bits of evidence, as well as there was a pipe cleaner left next to um, mm-hmm. Ratchet's body, yeah. um, which was from the colonel. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one who smokes a pipe on the entire, like, train train cars that they have interviewed so they're like "Hmm, all of these seem like you know fake pieces of evidence which is strange Mm -hmm. as well as there was a broken watch in his pajama pant pocket so you weren't sure of the real time of death was it 12 15 or 1 15 it was 1 15 1 15 because it was like 12 it was 23 minutes to one that he heard the um other interesting fact they heard ratchet speak in french mm-hmm. but mcqueen had accidentally made a point to say that ratchet can only speak english yes and that so, the reason he had um him there in the first place was because, because he, he can speak languages. many languages whereas ratchet could not so things were fishy basically yes. um and, and after, they all kind of accidentally poke holes in each other's yes, stories even though it seems pretty like airtight like mm-hmm. we said at first but um, you know, things start to kind of unravel because they kind of all come back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he questions all of them, like, for a second time. Yes. And, and they this is where... all have a connection to the Armstrong case. Mm-hmm. Very intense. Um, so we can get into that. So the conductor... Um, 
I hate that I have wagon lead there when I know it's conductor in the book, but I think that was from either something I copied or they also called him that. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, um, that wasn't just me making up that word. Um, but so Michelle was the father of the nursemaid that was wrongfully accused of killing herself. So the backstory to that real quick is that Daisy Armstrong had a Wrongfully nurse- accused and killed herself. What'd I say? Of killing herself. Oh, no. She, yeah. <laughs> she was wrongfully accused of it and killed herself because of yes. that. But so just as a quick backstory, um, in the Armstrong case, there was a nursemaid who was accused of the crime at first before they realized it was Cassetti. And like I said, that upset her greatly because it mm-hmm. obviously wasn't her and she killed herself in the sadness. Um, and that was, Michelle was her father. Yes. So pretty sad. McQueen, um, is this correct? I know this is in the movie, but I was worried I got confused with the movie. Was the son of the judge who was forced to lay his case on the nurse and it ruined his career. Do you remember reading that? Uh, He was connected through the nurse, correct? In the movie, that's what it was at least. Um, That McQueen's father was the judge and that's why he became a lawyer. And then that's why he... I don't remember everybody's connections. I'm going to be honest. So that was at least the movie one. I feel like it was in the book. I mostly remember the women because that was like a main part of him being Mm -hmm. like, well, all the women had to be connected to the household. So I guess that's why I only remember them. And I don't really remember the men's connections. If it's not that, then they didn't give a full connection because some of them were kind of just like, eh, there's kind of a connection, but there was not enough time. But in the movie, it was definitely that. Um, Marina's going to look it up to confirm, but I will keep going while she does that. So next is the ballet. Um, as we mentioned, his name is Edward Henry Masterman. And he actually, before the being the valet to... By the way, valet doesn't like car valet. It was kind of like another style mm-hmm. of like... It was like a servant or a butler. Um, so keep that in mind. He was the valet to Armstrong. Um, so yeah, that's his connection. Then I'm going to skip this one because it's kind of most important. Then we have Greta... She was the other nurse. So the yes. Daisy had two nurses. She had a nursemaid and a nurse. And I actually looked up the difference in those so you guys can know. A nurse is like <laughs> the main nurse helper. And the nursemaid's kind of like her understudy um, who does more of like the work with a baby. But Greta was the other nurse that was there and she didn't stop Cassetti. So that was very devastating for her to watch the kidnapping of Daisy and mm-hmm. see the accusation of her friend. McQueen's at the top somewhere. Because I have... Oh, if you go... There's a character list of them. Oh, I know. I was saying... Because this is just saying, like... So, McQueen is the only one who, like, denied it, like, for the most part, that he had any connection to the Mm -hmm. Armstrong case. And I believe he's the last one to find out, like, what his connection is. Yeah. Well, not the last, last one. Like, he's the last man? Yeah. Mrs. Hubbard's the last, last one. Yeah. Because of the opposite thing. Yeah. Um, yes, but you can continue on with, like, the rest of the characters. Sorry, I got distracted reading what it said about McQueen. Then we have Hildegard Schmidt. Um, if you remember, she is the lady's maid to the princess. And she was actually the Armstrong chef. And we know that because she kind of made some comments about, like, the food that just seemed too weird to be, like, a regular person's opinion. Yes, and he kind of tricks her being, like oh like you must have been a good cook and she was like yeah i was Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was a lot of how he caught them by the way is he made assumptions and then just kind of like dropped him on them and they assumed he knew them as fact and they like admitted to it um then we have we'll just go to cyrus hardman so he was actually a new york detective slash police officer 
And he fell in love with the nursemaid who killed herself. Yeah. So he was very upset about that. Then we have, like, this is a long list. Gonna skip them. I'm trying to go in importance of, like, the people. Um, the princess, as we already mentioned, she was the godmother to the Armstrongs. We knew that. Um, a good friend of the grandmother, Linda Arden. And now we have Mary. As we heard before, she was a governess. It is discovered she was actually the governess of the Armstrongs. So, a lot of connections. Um, the colonel, he was he fought in the war with Armstrong. Very big mm-hmm. deal. Did you find Stefano Queen? No. Well, dang it, I'm going to go with my judge story. That was in the movie, at least. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to watch the movie anymore. <laughs> well, that was in the movie. I'll I know. just say it as that. We'll say his movie alibi. I know uh, there was something, but now I'm like getting confused because I don't know if what you're saying is from the book or not, and I don't know if what my mind is thinking. What's your mind thinking? Well, my mind was thinking that like I don't even, not to be like I don't remember him, but like I do remember him, but I don't think that his connection was that important. That's what I'm saying. To everybody no, else's? that's what I said yeah. too. I think it could be that he didn't. They didn't really give him as much yeah. of a connection. Like he was kind of like a. So I, I think so. I we're both yeah. thinking that. So okay. <laughs> most likely Hector's. It's Hector McQueen. Yes. Um, McQueen's backstory is really just like not that deep of a connection. They didn't really tell it. So in the movie, they added that information. Yes. Okay. There you go. Continue. Don't worry. I was thinking that too. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've said more of the outer people. Now to get to the, like, even more connected people. So the Count and Countess. Ooh, how are they connected? Well, the Countess, I'm going to answer my own question, <laughs> is the sister to Sonia Armstrong, the mother of Daisy, which, by the way, we hadn't mentioned yet. After Daisy died, um, Sonia was so upset she went into labor because she was pregnant with her second child and she died giving birth. Yes. yes. And the child also died. And the child also died. And in his despair, uh, Armstrong, Colonel Armstrong, killed himself. So yeah. the whole family died. Um, so Countess Andretti is actually the sister, Helena, to Sonia Armstrong. Yes. And the Count is protecting his wife because he loves yes. her. And the way that they, like, describe her, they make her seem like she's, like, super foreign, so she would have, like, no yeah. connection to it. Which, like, the whole time, were you thinking, like, how could they make this one, like, American girl look so foreign that she would not look American at all to fool people? <laughs> no, because I saw the movie first, and that's not how they did in the movie. Oh. She well. always just seemed odd. Like, she seemed the same throughout the whole thing. But, but, like, I, I mean, like, like, the look of her. Because the way they describe her is, like, oh, she must be from somewhere else because she's foreign. Yeah. Like, she and can't she, be an American girl. too. So, um, I think They were, like, dark hair, them. fooled us, not American. I don't know who that is. Just something we will talk about. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, like, really? Um, so, finally, I believe we have one left. And that is Mrs. Hubbard. Who is? Are you ready for it? Dun, dun, dun. Are you? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yeah. You seem very calm. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Arden. And if you didn't oh. catch who that was earlier, it is the mother to Sonia Armstrong. <gasps> so yes. everyone is freaking connected. Yes. And she's also quite the actress. She is. She was a famous <laughs> actress. And you realize the character or the person, Mrs. Hubbard, was just a character. The obnoxious mm-hmm. voice was just acting. She even makes a point that she loves doing that. comedy oh, roles. I won't say that, actually, oh. because I was going to be like, that's my favorite part. But we talk about that later. Yeah. But <laughs> well, you can say it. 
uh yeah but i loved that part i thought it was so funny and so i did like like i said i went back um after i had read the novel and i think it was this past week that i had just like listened to like the parts when they were being like interviewed like their alibis Mm -hmm. and then like the ending because i wanted to hear that part like when because obviously the person doing the audiobook does like the voices so he like changed her voice from when she was acting versus like when she wasn't she's like oh okay well Mm mm-hmm so basically all well there's 13 listed here all 13 of those people are connected to the armstrong case and perot calls them together and tells them there are two things that could have happened with this murder one the one we said where someone from the outside broke in killed Mm -hmm. him and left or the second one where they all worked together to get revenge for daisy sonia and the colonel did they ever say his first name I don't know why I asked Wait, that. who, the Colonel? Colonel Armstrong. I think he's just always called Colonel Armstrong. At least he's mostly referred to as yeah, Colonel. Yeah, Colonel Armstrong. Yeah. I don't know why I asked these questions to just, like, throw us off and scare <laughs> us. Um, so he basically figures out their plan, and that is their plan. Um, yeah, so I guess we didn't really talk about, like, so once he pokes holes in everybody's stories, um, a few of them kind of come clean, that they're, like, connected. And then, like yeah. I said, McQueen is the one who, like, till the very end was like, no, I'm not connected at all. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, they go all the way to the end and then he's continuing to like interview and talk to them. And so that's where he comes up with his, like, his idea of like what has happened and what has occurred. Mm -hmm. So this like, you know, goes on and then he kind of is just like in bed (laughs) and then he's like, I keep wanting to call it like a brain blast, like from Jimmy Neutron. Like he's having a brain blast blast. there. (laughs) um so after that like the next um day is when he calls them all together and like this is what i think and it's either this really like improbable thing that we've all discussed is impossible or it's this really impossible thing which is actually possible Mm -hmm. which is you can continue yeah i was saying that they (laughs) all worked together to get their revenge yes um which turned out to be the truth they admitted that it was correct linda arden was the ringleader obviously because she was upset about the death of her daughter yes Um, and then they all had their own personal reasons for being upset about what happened so Mm -hmm. they worked together to kill cassetti yep because he never got his justice which is why all of the stab wounds seem mysteriously different Mm -hmm. because it was from different people because they all kind of took turns Mm-hmm. which i see like seems very cathartic to me <laughs> um and that's why i said there's 13 in this list but there's 12 stab wounds because the countess doesn't do the stabbing yes she's considered like it probably would have harmed her to like stab somebody so her husband takes the place of her yes um in the revenge which is why you know obviously 12 like a gonna, jury yes, i was gonna talk about that um they do mention that in the novel as well so we're not like super smart for thinking of that or anything but <laughs> They do mention that because, you know, in America, we have, like, the 12 people on the jury, Mm -hmm. and those are the people who decide, like, you know, in the courts and everything. And so they feel like, since he's escaped from justice in America, that they need to be then the jury, the judge, and the executioner Mm -hmm. all at once. So So it's down to Perot to decide, are they, and we let them go, or do I tattletale? And he ultimately decides to say, nope, the first story is the truth. Someone snuck on. You guys are innocent bystanders. Goodbye. And he walks away and just leaves them all there to their own. Yeah. What it is is that he's like, oh, well, you know, essentially, I have this information. The doctor has this information. And then, like, book has the information. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of all just kind of agree with each other, like them three. Even the doctor's like, oh, Mm -hmm. yes, my findings will show that what you were saying is correct. Yeah. 
So they're like, oh, okay, we're all going to back each other up. We're going to say that's what we think happened. this guy's awful And then enough. once the police ask you the same questions that Perot has already asked you, they're going to not be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So their plan's going to go exactly how they wanted it to. Um, the only reason that any of this happened and that Perot did figure out this mystery is that he was accidentally on board. He mm. was never supposed to be on board. Like we said, there was like, oh, the mysterious man who never showed up for his car. But that was because they had like reserved the train cars. Yeah, I had to look that up to confirm if that was a they person didn't... who just accidentally missed or if it was a fake No, person. yeah. So they like didn't want anybody to be on there, obviously, yeah. because they wanted to murder um, mm. Cassetti. So uh, yeah. And so then when they got snowed in, that kind of put a wrench in Another, their plans. Yeah. And they were like, okay, should we go through with it? And I think they, they were just supposed to drive through an area and mm-hmm. it would like... And so then when somebody got like on or off board, then they would be like, oh, well, we can blame it on like we were at the station and exactly. somebody got on board and, you know. So they were like, okay, well, I guess we just got to go for it anyways because mm-hmm. it's now or never, which like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so that was kind of like their plan C at that point <laughs> was to continue in the snow. Yeah. But yes, so that's essentially what happens yeah. in the end. He decides to not turn them in, um, and they get to, you know, go on with their lives. They get their justice, and everything is great, it seems. I don't know. We haven't read any of the rest of the Perot books, so and we I don't, don't know, know if there's any reference yeah. to them later. So now, um, we will move on to any, like, themes or symbols or anything or interesting what, we found. Um might be most notable. Or are we doing that after? We usually do that after, but I mean, oh, it doesn't okay. really matter. So we just put it incorrect. Okay, never mind. I'm getting confused. No, mine's um, here. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Either way, okay. I said the symbols, so we'll do symbols. Yes, so anything you want to bring up? Yes. I didn't know if you wanted to go first, but I'll go first. Um, so obviously there's a lot of themes in this book. I know last month, almost a week, I said, watch out for infanticide. Should be obvious. Um, Even (laughs) other things outside of Daisy were infanticide. I'll let you figure that out on your own. But I decided to just stick to one. And the one I chose was the theme of prejudice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of pretty obvious, as you've heard Marina hint at, like, and I've hinted at a little bit. They had to blame the Italian man um, because he's Italian and Italians murder and they love to stab and they don't care about murder. Um, (laughs) I just think that was, like, my favorite stereotype was, like, the... Not even that, just like, oh, they're aggressive. Like, oh, that is the weapon of an Italian. Like, that's so yeah. funny to me. <laughs> um, so everything was, a lot of the opinions were built around opinions and prejudices and, like, racism or just all these other awful things. Although the book didn't, the book didn't fully go into race. That was something I was going to talk about is the movie does more, mm. um, which I can talk a little bit about more. I guess I'll just talk about it now. I would say it probably doesn't go into race that much because a lot of them look generally similar. That's what I was going to say. And the- that's why the Italian gets the blame because he's the most, I don't know. Well, that's what I was going to say. The darkest it's skin. written in like the twenties <laughs> or thirties. So it's not like a very diverse time. Right. So the closest they got to like diversity in that time was Italians, Italians and yes. women white women yeah um but the everybody is filmed. european so exactly. but they're like european american yes um but the movie was filmed in like 2016 so i noticed they made the colonel who also was combined with the doctor's character try not to let that confuse you um <laughs> he's me. a black actor and i think they did that because that's such a prominent discussion right now that they kind of wanted to like really be like this is a story that involves prejudice and like people mm-hmm. making because in the movie, that's something that, like, this isn't talked about in the book. It's just like, oh, Perot loves to solve mysteries, he'll solve it. Where in the movie, part of the way 
book um gets Perot to do the investigation because he didn't really want to was kind of like think of the innocent men and women you know the italian man's gonna get blamed and the black man's gonna get um framed i don't know why my mind blanked and he's gonna lose his ability to be a doctor and all of this stuff that's just awful so that's really what got Perot to help mm. in the movie um, but yeah, oh, so they make Perot seem more like heroic. In yeah, the movie. because he's ready to like retire basically in the movie. But he's like, no, like I'll help these people. Um, I like out. how like begrudgingly Perot kind of does things. I don't yeah, know. I like, like that about his character in the novel. So I can see if there's like a difference there. I mean, that makes yeah. more sense for movies mm-hmm. because I don't think his character would come across as it kind of interesting like conflict. Yes, mm-hmm. in like a movie adaptation. But yeah, in the 30s and the 20s, there's no diversity. Um, So an Italian man. Right. Um, Italian. But yeah, that was basically... And it was with women, too, because they would say things like... uh, With a governess, for example, they'd be like, well, a British woman, uh, you know, they don't really have a temperament for rage. And it's like... The way that they said British people never get angry. And I was like, have you (coughs) heard a British person speak ever? Yeah. (laughs) So they had just like... They weren't listening to people's alibis. They weren't listening to anything. It was just prejudiced and kind right. of, it was mixed into a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that like Book was the main character that all of this comes prejudiced. through mm-hmm. and that he's the one who kind of mentions like, oh, well, the English never do this and like must be the Italian the because Italian of stabbing yeah. or like, oh, the women can't do this because they're too weak. Or yeah. he's also the one who was like, oh, it must have been a woman because it's a crime of passion and yeah. she's like going crazy. Um, so I feel like he's kind of the scapegoat for like, yeah. oh, these are kind of all the panics of people at the time mm-hmm. and like immigration and things like that. So that he's the one saying what people who might have been reading the book originally would think. Yeah. So he's kind of like that little, like an evil Jiminy Cricket kind of, yeah. you know, <laughs> like he's the one like, the oh, well, what about if shoulder. we just were racist or what if we were sexist? Like who's yeah. going to be the easy target here? And so... I don't know, like, that's kind of interesting to me that there's just the one singular character. Like, the rest of them are kind of like, yeah, whatever, maybe you have a point, but maybe you don't. So we're going to investigate some more. Mm-hmm. But he's the one who's like, no, we know it's the Italian because this. Yeah. So, I don't know, they kind of just put all of that into one guy. <laughs> and then what was very interesting and kind of, like, really brought a point to the theme of prejudice, like, it wasn't just there for no reason, is that Perot seemed to be, not saying he's not prejudiced, but he seemed to be the least prejudiced in his investigation abilities. Mm-hmm. So he might have had some of those thoughts. Like, I mean, he called a woman toad face. He's obviously not the nicest person. <laughs> he told Cassetti he doesn't like his face. Um, but when it came to investigating, it was facts, 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 facts. Yes. And I think that was part of the reason why it became clear Perot was the only one who could have solved this case. Mm-hmm. Because any of the other police officers and all the other people were getting their prejudices and their biases in the way. Yeah. Um, which so I thought that was a pretty interesting point. Just in life. Yeah. In society. Well, in I, general I, today. I, yeah. Even. I wrote here, it like uncovers that yep. by like letting go of prejudices and whatnot. You can actually mm-hmm. like discover the truth of things and you're not letting wow, your biases interesting. Like, I know, Which is why biases. I'm sure that that contributes to the popularity of the character as well. He's a good um, person. And like why it was like, I don't know, so like revolutionary yeah. that this character existed and like that's why so many of the novels were so popular then and still now to this day mm-hmm. because a lot of people i don't know they kind of need that blank slate character mm-hmm. to kind of like put themselves into their shoes yeah. and i think it's easier to do that when somebody kind of is like okay well we're just going to care about the fact 
and we're not going to like put any other kind of like preconceived notions into our thoughts before. And of course he's the only one that can come to a logical conclusion. Mm -hmm. And then he ultimately though makes the decision of whether they're innocent or guilty. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic in the way that they have decided themselves that they're going to be like, you know, the jury, the judge and the executioner, Mm -hmm. whereas like Perot's here. And so now he's kind of the one who gets to decide their fate so he is then the judge to them Mm -hmm. um which i kind of thought was like an interesting you know play on that um i really appreciate any like i don't know courtroom nods i feel like (laughs) i'm always just like learning too much about like courts and true crime and stuff so i'm like oh i understand this or like it made me think of um 12 Angry Men, which is, like, a very famous, um... I've never seen it or read it, but I've heard of it. Yes. We had to read it in school, actually, so Mm -hmm. another required reading, but it was, like, a... We read it in class because it's, like, short. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we read that in class, and then, you know, I watched the movie, but yes, it just reminded me of that, and then, like, I don't know, anything that has to do with, like, the people, like, getting their own justice for their own, like, prerogative people is really very like interesting. People really stories, yeah. I think it makes them feel better. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, um, because, like, even if it's people who are doing something for the wrong reason, like, or the wrong thing for the right reason, like, people mm-hmm. can relate to that. And I think that that is something that we see in a lot of novels, and then especially this novel, and a lot of people probably are, like, oh, well, I wish that, like, I could just do that, like, my fantasy of, you know, doing this person who has, like, done me wrong. Yeah, or maybe not to, like, that extent, but, like, you know, everybody has, like, that idea of, like, I'm gonna, you know, get back to that person who's wronged me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just getting what you feel like is deserved Mm -hmm. in general. But, yeah, so, like I mentioned, there's a lot of themes in this book, and it's a really great book, but I just thought that one was a really interesting point. Um was really talked about i don't know if you wanted to add to it or if that's basically what you got to that was basically what we were talking about and the jury and the judges yeah yeah. and yes the whole crime aspect and then you know the prejudice and how that Mm -hmm. contributes to you know how perot does his work and prejudice and jury and judges (laughs) yes um refreshing to see perot not do it i guess yeah i mean in a novel that we're reading and we're like oh okay this was written you know not recently to Mm -hmm. us (laughs) Um, it is kind of nice to have a protagonist that's not horrible, yeah. or at least in this novel, he's not horrible. Yeah. Maybe in the other ones, I don't know. He's in a lot of them. <laughs> um, we'll have to continue. I mean, I can, usually but... the protagonist like is okay, so we'll see. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, what do you think? I guess we can kind of just continue on to like what kind of impact this has had on like yeah. media. I know you've talked about like the movie a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure there's like an older movie. There isn't is. There not? I just didn't. Oh, okay so you watched so the one that monica's been referencing is like the 2016 like newer version um was that 2016 already i want to say yes oh wow Um, it was some date like that because i remember seeing it being like jesus but i was gonna say because we skipped it something notable that i really liked is i didn't even think about the jury thing at all like i know we've been talking about but i just want to point out like when i saw that it was 12 stabbings because the countess didn't do one i was like that Mm -hmm. is so interesting and so smart Um, And I also liked, as I mentioned, I've never read a mystery novel before. And I'm just, like, amazed at the work that has to go behind it. Like, Mm -hmm. the amount of story upon story (laughs) upon story and connections. Like, I know you have to do that in, like, all novels for continuity, but, like... No, I've really thought... I remember thinking that, like, okay, so when I was 13, and then I read, (laughs) and then there was none. And it completely, like, blew my head out of the water. Like, I was like, wow. 
I can't believe it because all of that makes sense. Like if you go back in the novel, but mm-hmm. I just like was blown away that that was like possible to do yeah. like <laughs> in like a writing format. Yeah. And I feel like I get that way with every like mystery, like yeah. media that I consume, uh, whether work. that be like a TV show, it's been books, it's been even video games where like <laughs> it's a mystery. And mm-hmm. then at the very end you get like that um like Relief protagonist like a- that goes through and like yeah. it explains it like Perot does um very like also reminiscent of like Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. like where at the end or they Scooby like do yes it's Scooby-Doo where they explain everything um see Frankenstein and they kind of just like go through everything and this is why that happened and this mm-hmm. is why what I'm saying is the only thing that makes sense and you're like no that can't make sense but then they go through and poke apart everything mm-hmm. and I think just that in mystery novels is maybe why people are so drawn to them especially because like in real life there is a lot of cold cases there's a lot of like things that just Mm -hmm. have no answer and so for a mystery novel to be able to wrap up things so like nicely and like explain literally almost every single question that you've had while consuming that media is like why mystery novels especially like have just like Mm -hmm. continued its like popularity to this day and I think that's why Agatha Christie stays you know where well, she is it's like it might be this one wasn't as disturbing to read but like while some mystery novels might be disturbing to read in the end you get that nice little like relief of like oh i understand what's going on yeah or like you said like in cold cases it's just like we don't know yeah like in real life um, we have so many questions that never get answered so when you like consume these pieces of media you know that you're gonna get like that payoff in the mm-hmm. end which is why i think that people i don't know are drawn to them yeah and that actually segues us really well into our cultural impact Mm -hmm. because like we mentioned this is based on the Lindbergh um case Mm -hmm. and this book came out two years after that so it was definitely still raw for American citizens who had obviously most Americans knew this story I mean they still know it um and this book pretty much wraps it up for them because it's like it wasn't a cold case but it kind of was they never I don't believe in the actual story they caught him they like way later realized oh it could have been this guy mm-hmm. but it was kind of like later um so this book kind of made it like here's the guy who did it now he's dead congratulations mm-hmm. the guy that killed the baby's not is god <laughs> yeah. is justice um so i'm a lot of americans i'm willing to bet in that time frame were like yes yeah the guy who killed this baby is gone yeah um, he got his justice again very cathartic like very i was saying the story, stabbing yes. it's almost like you got to stab him you know <laughs> you feel it (laughs) um but yeah that's a big cultural impact and a lot of the other ones i had written down were just basically on the movie and that's kind of what i said um i watched the more recent movie Mm -hmm. enjoyed all the celebrities in it that i liked um i think that's the only thing like so i remember seeing the trailer for the movie Mm -hmm. and being like wow there's so many super famous people in that i should watch it and then i just never did and then i heard it was bad so then i didn't seek it out after that so it was okay but I know you said, like, it's fun because there's all the celebrities. I think, honestly, that makes me like movies just automatically, but... I think I was explaining to you before, too, like, the movie's not bad. It's just, like, they make it too quirky. Like, the book isn't quirky. It's like, here's a mystery. Let's solve mm-hmm. it. And I don't think it's bad to add jokes, but the jokes kind of fall flat. Like, <laughs> his mustache is too big, and he wears, like, a mask over it, and his eggs have to be exactly the same size before him to eat them. Mm. And the people were too much, and it was just things so, were. It was yeah. almost like caricatured of the book, if that makes sense. That makes sense because I mean, even in the book, they're already characters. Yeah. So, like to exaggerate that further, kind of distracts from the original mm-hmm. point that 
um, you know, Christy was making when she wrote the novel. I will say something interesting, though, that this didn't happen in the book, but in the movie, and I didn't even know when I watched it, I just was looking at memes for our Instagram, (laughs) and this is when that popped up, is that in the movie, in the end, when he tells them all, um, you know, what he's discovered, they're lined up like the Last Supper in the movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, I'll, I'll just, wait, 12, the the 12 disciples. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. I love that. Even though there were like 13 at the table because of the count and countess, but. Yeah, but they explain that in the novel that it's like, you know, the husband and wife. They they count as one person. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, I I like that imagery. That's pretty interesting to me. that's pretty cool on the movie. I guess I didn't even think about that. I know. I didn't, I can't take the I'm going to freak out now because anytime something relates to Catholicism, my head is like blown. And I'm like, wow, I need to just, like, dissect that. Catholic raised mind. Yes. <laughs> um, so we probably could have even gone into that with the movie, honestly, but we're here for the book, not the movie. Yes. So, yeah. So that but was I do cool like that imagery, about. so I'll probably go look up that scene then, yeah. at least, to see that. I have a picture saved, don't Okay, worry. cool. I'll show you. So, I do like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was something I wanted to bring up, because I thought that was just very interesting. And then, like you said, it does, like, now you just want to sit there and dissect, like, well, are they the 12? disciples yeah what does this have to say about religion even though mentioned religion like zero percent but (laughs) maybe the movie did more you know so yeah maybe maybe. there's like a separate connotation they wanted to attach we'll watch the movie again me again at least for the first time (laughs) yes i can watch for the first time what is religious i can give it a review like on our socials yeah (laughs) give like a second podcast of like this one's just of the movie yeah um (laughs) okay stay tuned for when we launch our next podcast um summer reading list we review the movies (laughs) very long name I feel like every book, like every book we've covered, has a movie adaptation so far. Yes, we are reading very popular books. Yes, that's true. I almost every summer reading list has a movie, movie like books that have inspired movies, mm-hmm. if not direct adaptations and movies inspired by. And them, this but... one has a few movies, like yeah, um, like you said, there was an older version, mm-hmm. and then they made a sequel to the movie, but not like a direct sequel because it's kind yes. of more of like series based. Mm-hmm. It's called something else in a series, but a collection. So, like, yes. Perot's yes. um, investigations, they do Death on the Nile. Yes. As a movie that just came out this year, which I will have to watch. I love movies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's basically my take on the cultural impact. And I know we have had discussed a lot about it. Yes. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess for now, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to let everyone know to make sure to do your homework for next time. We're going to be reading, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby, which I'm very excited about. Um, I feel like that's a fan favorite. Anybody who picks any book that they've had to read in school, like, oh, I guess I like Gatsby. Honestly, whether you like Gatsby or not, you should probably read it. Gatsby is such an incredibly short novel that if there's any novel that you should pick to actually read and not just read spark notes i would recommend the great gatsby also if you like point of view this mm-hmm. one's a heavy point of view book Ooh, which yes. i will be talking about i next cannot month. wait to talk about unreliable narration again i love that is my unreliable favorite narrators. <laughs> that's why we're friends i yes. cannot tell you how much i love unreliable narrators <laughs> Because then it's its own mystery, because you can pick a part like, ooh. ooh. Yes, we're creating the mysteries in the non-mystery novels. It's all a lie. <laughs> um, that's a re- movie yes. reference. See if you can figure it out. And I'm sure in a few months, we'll probably go back and visit Agatha Christie again. For sure, we there's will. so many more novels, like we said. We'll do um, the one you mentioned, for sure. Yes, and then there were none. 
fans out there i'm sure there's a lot of you we were deciding between that or murder on the ring express yes we knew we we're gonna do both but just like the timing we couldn't decide which one was more famous so if you also want to contact us and let us know which one you knew about more than the other because that'd yeah. be interesting because i had never heard I would, of it and then there were none i know and i was shook because like i had heard of murder on the ring express but i hadn't read it yeah. but anyways i guess we can make a poll on our twitter yeah. and we can find out which one you know so speaking of our twitter <laughs> make sure you follow all all of our social media accounts um which we will put in the show's notes if you're listening to the podcast and the video's description if you are watching us on youtube okay so yeah so make sure to also pop over like no matter where you listen or watch um to apple podcasts and like rate and review us that's like the best way to help out the show it's free takes 30 seconds you can subscribe to our youtube and subscribe to the show on apple podcasts Mm -hmm. um if you listen anywhere else subscribe there but like if you could just pop on to apple podcasts that would be pretty cool um you know just give us a little rating um maybe if we get some ratings we could like you know always read it on the show or something which i think would be fun we really want to hear people's opinions yeah of like we want you to read the books and tell us like if you there's something specific like with great yes. Gatsby, what you or even talk if about. you had more questions like even if you didn't read or anything yeah. like just leave us questions or if you thought of something answer. with murder on the Orient express that we didn't say yes like, or even if you've just watched the movie like literally yeah. ask us any questions i will talk <laughs> about the movies like i i considered making wanting to make this like a movie review show <laughs> or being like let's do the movies and the books let's okay, do all movie of review corner <laughs> like you don't understand i would definitely i will yes. talk to you about the movies okay so like just talk to us we mm-hmm. would love to hear from you guys um you know rating reviewing that's the best way to help us out um so i guess that's gonna be it for us um and murder on the orient express yes that's gonna be it for now yeah see you. it is the death of us in this podcast well this episode (laughs) next month as we mentioned for our valentine's day honor special of love and great gatsby and why that makes me laugh to say that (laughs) but bye guys bye see ya love you bye